You're watching the polls on the Joy News channel. This afternoon, pressure is mounting on Ghana's Electoral Commission to open more registration centers, as the opposition National Democratic Congress says many prospective voters could be disenfranchised. And now that we've seen the challenges, it probably is not too late to open the centers at the electoral areas because it will be easier for people to travel. We'll hear from former President John Romani Mahama shortly, who's on a tour of some of the registration centers. We have an update also uh, as the Volta River Authority is today beginning a controlled spillage of the Akosombo and Pong dams uh, following the consistent uh, rise in the level of uh, the lake. We'll get you the very latest on that uh, and also tell you all you need to know about uh, the third mini clinic of the Joy News Ecobank Habitat Fair opening today uh, within the Tema Metropolis. We'll tell you uh, more about the fair which is underway. There's a more coming away here on the polls. I am blessed to the polls as always. It's brought to you by Global Communities Dignity, Lou, Affordable, Safe Sanitation. For all, we're on DSTV Channel 421, Go TV Channel 144. You can get us on Facebook, YouTube, and also at myjoyonline.com. Thanks for joining us. Join us is independent, fearless, and credible. We're back with details. And thanks for staying with us. Well, it was built to be um, an exercise to register new voters onto the electoral roll, especially those who have turned 18 since the last registration exercise. But it is now turning into a nightmare for many who have turned out at the Electoral Commission's uh, district offices across the country to register. Uh, faulty machines and a myriad of uh, problems that are bedeviling the exercise. The MDC's John Dramani Mahama, who's a flag bearer of the party himself, is today on the ground and this afternoon is checking out the situation at various offices. We have that for you uh, shortly. But first, in the northern region, many eager to register uh, have been queuing for days. And in the Tamil metropolis, for instance, uh, we have only 72 people uh, who have enrolled so far onto the uh, electoral roll since uh, Tuesday due to some of these uh, similar challenges being experienced at North. The same story applies to the Asokorit Mampo municipality of the Ashanti region as some applicants have had to pass the night at registration centres. Nanayal Jima reports from the Ashanti region. It's a few minutes past 3 a.m. A little cold as the dawn light rains get heavier. The gates of the Electoral Commission's office at Askorimampong remain closed, but in front of the gate are stones and chairs lined up. Each stone represents an applicant. The bench stands for at least three people. 
With time, some people who came in attempted to form another queue of humans, but this would not be accepted by those who had kept awake with the stones and chairs in the queue. I am a branch organizer for my political party. I am bringing my party members to register. That is why I came this early to queue for them. I could have slept in my house. I was here when you brought your children to queue. I even offered them seats. How do you come and skip our queue here? Do you know when we came? It was around 3 a.m. The assembly member came after 5 a.m. and wants to skip the queue. Many are left frustrated spending hours in queue since the beginning of the exercise. Some applicants have queued for at least two days, yet have not been successful. The few ones who were fortunate enough to get registered after the second day shared their frustration. <laughs> We have been quarreling since we got here at 4 a.m. I got a chance to register around 11 a.m. People are queuing with stones and benches. I have to find a way to jump the queue. We have been standing in the queue since morning. There were no seats for us. We have been coming here for the past three days. Sometimes they tell us the network is problematic. Then we go home. People come in at 10 or 11 a.m. and take the space of the stones. We have really suffered here. Figures available to join us indicate the Electoral Commission is unable to meet the daily target of 300. About 80 applicants were registered on the first day. Less than 300 applicants were successful in the second and third days of the exercise. The number of applicants continue to rise as efforts by interest groups to get the EC increase the registration centers are yet to yield results. For join news, Nanai Aljima reporting. And some uh, aspiring assembly members are taking advantage of the ongoing limited voters registration exercise uh, to show up their support for the upcoming district level elections in the Bakwai municipality of the Ashanti region. More aspiring assembly members are hiring vehicles to transport uh, potential voters from the hinterlands to the district registration centers at Bekwai. Uh, two of such assembly members say the move is to boost their support base and also uh, to assist uh, you know, eligible voters to get registered. Uh, we have more uh, in this report. serves 34 electoral areas. The communities are miles apart, presenting transportation challenges for many who have turned 18 and beyond to take part in the exercise. 
for Bismarck a champion, an aspiring assembly member of the BD Trafo electoral area, and Michael Efa, who seeks re-election for the Francis Cocobain electoral area, this presents an opportunity. Well, uh, I intend to contest for the upcoming this assembly election, so I have an interest in the in the in the in the exercise. They have been busting people from the hinterlands to the registration center at Bekwai. So I've been um, telling people to come and register. Sometimes I uh, transport them because uh, once we have an interest in the, in the exercise, you need to make sure that whatever means the potential voters or the first-time voters can get to the center. Uh, I've been helpful. The exercise has generally been smooth in Bekwai. Though some network and equipment challenges have been recorded, 168 persons had registered as of 4 p.m. on Thursday. Some first-time registrants shared their experiences with Joy News. Okay, I'm really excited because this is the first time I'm going to take part in the election of our president and how our country is going to be ruled. So I'm really excited. So how has the process been so far? Okay, so with that, I can't testify because I came not long ago. I've been here for like an hour and I'm almost done, so it's really nice. Meaning. Thanks for your happy. My card now. Mission is here. So the bear and my men say I'm happy. I'm to me there, but so I'm Representatives of the NDC and MPP were happy with the turnout so far. So far, it has been encouraging and. Uh, things are moving on well for now. Yeah. Yeah, we, we have some a little bit challenges we face here. Uh, mainly, our network is not stable, which doesn't fasten the the easy flow of the people to register on time and hold out. And secondly, we, we, we in the morning we had a challenge with. Uh, our machines, one of our machines, you know, it's two centers. So one of our centers, machine had to break down. Then uh, they have to stop for about two two hours, and I mean, somewhere later before work on. So by then, the pressure was on the other center. And addition to that, uh, the people have been given, some of them have been given the wrong information that when they come, they'll be doing the NIE. They thought this is the NIA, they were doing Ghana card. So most of them came with the intention of doing the Ghana card here, but they end up being corrected and redirected to the NIA office where they do the Ghana card. So that is the challenges we have so far here. Reporting for Joy News, Colinsia Eifa. Well, back here in Accra, there's uh, pressure that's mounting on the uh, Electoral Commission of Ghana to open more registration centres, as the opposition National Democratic Congress says. Uh, many prospective voters could be disenfranchised. The party's leader, John Dramani Mahama, is on a tour this afternoon of some of the centres where the registration is underway. The NDC maintains that more uh, centres would have to be opened uh, to give uh, the chance uh, to more prospective uh, voters owing to the ineffective nature of the existing arrangements uh, being deployed by the Electoral Commission. My colleague James Avejji is monitoring that exercise together uh, with the former president, uh, John Romani Mahama. Uh, James, uh, where are you now and has John Mahama arrived?
Yes, blessed. We are at the old EC headquarters here at Ridge, and the former president arrived, and uh, he's just done with the tour of this center uh, a few minutes ago and headed to La District Office as well as Adenta District Offices. Uh, of course, we know that he's been making some comments as well. Uh, what is the demand of John Romani Mahama and basically what's his point about the uh, ongoing exercise? Blessed, you want to take that again? I, uh, I was just uh, asking the question about the demands John Mahama has been making and what exactly the points are from the uh, leader of the National Democratic Congress. Okay, so after the tour, first when he arrived, he spoke with uh, some of the party executives here to get a feedback of uh, their observations or their monitoring so far over the period. Also had the chance to do some one-on-one -on -one interaction with some of the registrants. And then he proceeded to uh, go around the, all the five registration uh, centers uh, or the five district offices uh, to have a first-hand information of what is happening. Then when he came back, before, just before he left, uh, he spoke to us. And uh, from his observation, he makes the point that he was uh, not too surprised seeing the number of persons that have gathered here uh, this afternoon on day five of the program to try and get their uh, card. He makes the point that from his short interactions with the few people he's been privileged to talk with, they actually made a complaint about how they have spent almost the whole day here trying to uh, get uh, their card and so they are still in the queue hopeful that the process would go through he also makes the point that uh, as far as this uh, particular registration center is concerned the feedback he's got is that uh, at least for this particular place uh, machines are not breaking down but the major challenge that he's has uh, uh, been told is about network failure at most of the centers and so he threw the challenge or his appeal to the network providers for the EC to step up their game in order to uh, provide a sustainable network for the process to run smoothly and so that's one major challenge he said he's got firsthand he's been told when he went round he also took the, uh, the opportunity to appeal to the EC again in order to cut down on the numbers and to also speed up the process because he talks about the fact that at one of the registration centers, uh, uh, in fact in the interaction, one of the observers tells him that uh, for today they've been able to register about 51 uh, 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 persons. And so, and so we, we can actually take a listen to him on exactly uh, what he's seen so far. Now that we've seen the challenges, it probably is not too late to open the centers at the electoral areas because it will be easier for people to travel. I mean, for instance, Iowasu West Wagons here. The farthest polling station in Iowasu West Wagons is at Sato. And so there are people here from Sato who have had to travel all this way to come and register. They might not be able to register today. They might have to go back and come the following day. I mean, we know the conditions in Ghana today, the hardship. We know how transport fares have gone up. It's not easy on voters.
to be able to do that. Of course, political parties are trying to facilitate, you know, you say we shouldn't bus them. And if somebody doesn't have money, he won't come and register because he doesn't have money for transport to come all the way. But if he were in his electoral area, it would be a shorter distance and he'll be able to go there and, and register. So I think we should still reconsider this issue about registering in the electoral areas. And, um, but in the meantime, I think the EC should resolve the bottlenecks that we're we seeing here. One, there's congestion. Two, the network is not uh, going well. They registered one of the uh, constituencies. They registered 50 on the first day. Then I think the next day, 80. The highest they've registered in a day is 170. But if you look at these numbers, they'll keep coming every day. You know, and so we need to speed up the process. Well, I'll refer you to a, a famous case. This was the do four case during our primaries. Um, the EC said it had come to his attention that an injunction had been filed against our primaries. And so because of that, they will not be available. They were very proactive. I don't know why they are not proactive in this case. Well, you'll be lucky if they come back. In some cases, they might not come back because they'll get frustrated with the process and that will disenfranchise them. And that's why we're saying that it would have been easier if this exercise had been taken closer to where their uh, vote, their polling stations are. And that would have been easier for them. Because right now they have to give up their studies. If they are persistent enough, they'll come for a day or two or three and manage to get registered. But then they would have missed several hours of uh, their education. So, like I said, we'll still uh, ask the EC, if they can, to open uh, other electoral areas so that it can bring the process closer to the people. If you take my constituency, the farthest uh, the farthest polling station is Babato. Babato is 140 kilometers from the district capital. And you say he should come and register. He should come with two guarantors. So he has to pay transport money for himself and transport money for two guarantors. If he goes that there and is not able to register, he has nowhere to sleep in Bola. Will he go back and come again? These are the practical difficulties that the EC is glossing over. They should ask Parliament for the budget. We are insisting that do the electoral areas. You've not asked Parliament for the appropriation. Say the money is not enough, so Parliament should ask the finance minister to give you more money. You haven't asked. And you just say, no, we'll restrict it to the district centres. I don't think that's enough of an excuse. Well, so that's uh, John Dramani Mahama speaking moments ago. Uh, James Aviji is still at that centre where uh, former President John Dramani Mahama uh, just uh, taught. He's off to Adenta and other centres across the greater Accra region. But James, how about those going through the process itself, the registrants? So what, what do they have to say about the exercise in all? Okay, bless us. So, in my initial interaction with some of them, uh, most of them complain about the movement of the lines. And, uh, 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 in fact, hundreds of them are here. Uh, but for uh, us to get the real picture, let's have an interaction with some of them to know uh, how uh, the process has been go- ongoing so far and what they make out of all of this. Uh, I have a, a one of them here. Let's have a conversation with him. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Uh, tell us about yourself. Why are you coming from to this place? I came here to register. I've not registered before, but I'm now coming to register. So you are from where? Um, Ayawaso, Gempa. Okay. Uh, by the way, how did you get here? Mm, I came here with my uncle, the assemblyman. 
And so uh, you came all the way there to come and register. Were you actually uh, asked by someone to come and do it or you came by us? I came by myself. What, what was the enthusiasm for you uh, about this whole card? For which reason you came all the way to get it? Oh, I don't have it and I want to. Yeah. That's and so you are you so comfortable with coming from where you are coming to do it here or you are, would have wished that if it is closer to you it would have been okay or you are okay with the whole process? I'm okay. Are, I'm okay. You are actually okay. Yeah. Uh, how long have you been here? Oh, I came here around 11 something and I'm still sitting. I'm still in queue. Have you started the process uh, already? No. You haven't started yet. Yeah. Are you hopeful? It's past 3 p.m. now. Are you hopeful that by close of the day? Oh, no, no, yes. And so you will go and come back tomorrow? No, I will not come back again. If they are not able to do it today, you will not come back again? Yeah. Why? They are delaying. They are delaying, and so you may not come back. What happens to if you start and your information? Oh, maybe if it's closer to me, maybe I might go there. So until it comes closer to you after today, you will not do it? Yes. Okay. Right. So, blessed, uh, that's the young lady telling us about uh, if she's not able to get it today, she may not come back because of the distance. I have uh, another brother here with me. Thank you for your time. Uh, your name and where you are coming from? Okay, my name is Jaden. I'm a student of Accra College of Education. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, not too far from here, I guess. No, 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 it's not too far. So you are on campus? Yeah. Not on vacation yet? No. Okay. Uh, how long have you been here? Well, since morning. I've been here. Around what time? I came, we came here around 8 a.m., yeah. Okay. And uh, how many people are in front of you? How many people will go before you go? Actually, it was almost my turn until they came here to tell me that um, people were here yesterday. And they, they wrote their names down, so they have to be registered before so I, I went back and now they are here telling us that um, those people should be registered before because this canopy belongs to those who were not registered yesterday yeah who, who came to give you that information oh I think one of the organizers yeah and so you would have to go back yeah that's what they are saying so for now do you know how many people will go now before you I think they are, we are almost done because those who were registered we, we that we came today, no, we were asked to go back, and those who were, who were not registered yesterday should come. You have no idea right now how many of the, those in front of you will go before you go. It's almost my turn. Okay. Yeah, it's my turn right now. Yeah. I'm, Are you hopeful that by close of day you'll get it done? Oh, sure, sure, sure. And, and if it is not done, will you come back tomorrow in a subsequent? No, I'll be disappointed. I'll be disappointed, and I wouldn't come back tomorrow. Will you come back? No, I wouldn't come back. Why? Because I've been here since morning, then we were, I did, I was, I, I'm not registered. And we asked, you asked me to go back, then come tomorrow. Nah, I don't have that time. Personally, what do you make of the call that this exercise would have been decentralized where it get closer to the people? Are you one of those who support the idea? Yeah, yeah. You believe it would have solved the problem? Mm, since I'm, I'm in support, then... I think, yes. Thank you. We wish you every best. So, a blessed uh, uh, two uh, members of uh, uh, the registration line. In fact, new registrants trying to get.
a bit of uh, confusion. I don't know if I can get the reaction on what exactly is ongoing over here. Uh, let's, uh, let's see what they have been. Boss, what's the, what's the issue? What, what's the issue? It's about the registration. You see that? I don't even know what to say. You see, yesterday there was a chaos here because of the registration. You know, some people think it is NBC Broadway. Some people even think that the uh, MPP2 Broadway. So later on, today, the PCs, they did a meeting. And then they were like, they should barricade the place. Secretary, organizer, and chairman. They should be in this jurisdiction. Which PC? Lydia Sayram Alassan, the MP, okay. and then John Dumelo okay. as a parliamentary candidate for Iowa West Wagon. They can be here. And then the constituency chairman, constituency organizer, and constituency secretary. You understand? But now, these are our opponents. Me, I'm for NDC. I'm a constituency executive for NDC. The MPP people, they wait. Uh, when it's like three something, then they start bringing confusion, chaos. And then you see, you see to say the machine is slow, they won't work again. What's the confusion they bring? You see, yesterday they gave names. You understand? So, after the names, those who follow have to go and register. But they say no. So, these people have to go before these people. That is bringing the chaos. You understand? But if we do the right way, these people have to go. I hope you understand. These people have to go. You see? But these are our people. They don't understand. Assuming it's only the secretary and then the chairman, they can solve their problem. So I went to call the police, that the police should come and intervene, and then let all of us go out so that they can solve their problem. But, but, but why does it have to be the situation today? And because the person has number, he stays at home, people wake up and come here, and you would have to get them registered before those uh, who actually got numbers slept at home come, and then they are given priority. What they agreed on is that... What I heard, if you come and then you couldn't register and then they give you number or they write your name, when you come the next day, within some hours, if you are not here and people join the Today, there was a meeting between the EC municipal director for Iowa so West Wagon with we, the political parties, both NDC and MPP, and they gave us those instructions. You understand? So that is what is bringing a misunderstanding now. Okay. Yeah. So, blessed, uh, as you have heard there, uh, that's the uh, some uh, spot of confusions that happen. Incess is ongoing, uh, uh, talking about how some people earlier given numbers are giving priority over others. But it looks like that has been resolved now. I want to attempt to speak to you. Okay. Lady in on what has been ongoing, and so uh, blessed that's how it has been so far. Hundreds of them, uh, their cards, as we heard earlier, if they don't get their cards today, looking at the hours they have spent here and they go home, they may not be able to come back subsequent days to complete the process until it is uh, 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 actually sent closer to them.
James Averji uh, joining us from the Greater Accra uh, Regional uh, Headquarters of the Electoral Commission. Uh, quite unfortunate if we don't have all of these uh, prospective first-time voters coming back to turn up uh, for the registration exercise. Uh, joining us in studio now is the leader, founder, and also the presidential candidate, I guess, of the LPG going into the 2024 election, Festival Kofi Akpalu. Mr. Akpalu, thank you for joining us here on The Pulse. Thank you for uh, You're leading your party to victory 2024? Definitely so. Mm, I see. We'll talk about that in detail. But what we have now is a challenge, uh, of course, with the registration exercise. There's no need uh, denying this because we've seen that uh, on the screen. So uh, what's your personal impression about how we're going about the exercise so far? Uh, former President John Romani Muhammad just indicating there that we need to open up more and more centers so that we create the opportunity for more people to register. Uh, you see, it's, it's like a two-edged sword, you know. Uh, the EC presented as a new CI to Parliament, and uh, Parliament did not approve the new CI. Mm -hmm. And uh, this has brought the whole thing. So we need to look at what has contributed to this. Mm -hmm. uh, if Parliament had accepted the new CI, mm -hmm. we wouldn't have gone through this. I see. Yeah. So I think that's where the problem is. Okay, but then now we have the problem uh, on our hands. The issue about finding a quick fix, at least just to ensure that more and more people are captured on the electoral roll. What's the immediate solution? Some political parties, just as we've seen uh, and heard uh, in that interaction, my colleague James Kusiavaji, are beginning to bus uh, people to the centers. And that's also becoming a source of disagreement between the, uh, la the largest two, right? The NDC and the NPP. Uh, what's your quick fix solution to what we're seeing now? The long queues and also having people to register faster. I think the, uh, the AC should increase the number of decks at the centers. Okay. Because if we are not having electoral area centers and we are doing everything at one particular place, then we should open more decks over there. That should be the, uh, the only way. Because if you are not sending those machines to the various electoral areas, mm -hmm. then why are they sitting idle? They should open more decks so that they can uh, register the people, uh, especially places like where you just showed us. Uh, we, we don't need to have these chaos, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't believe You feel it. it's unfortunate that we're having yeah. all these... Uh, because yeah. they can open more decks at the place. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm suggesting to the Electoral Commission mm -hmm. that they should open more decks. If they want people to come to the district, yeah. Head office to do it, no problem. Yeah. But they should open more decks there mm -hmm. so that you maybe you go there, you spend most 10 minutes, 20 minutes, mm -hmm. and then off you go. As a political party, have you toured some of the centers? Uh, and what, what feedback are you getting? And perhaps what, what recommendations would you make beyond uh, having more centers at the regional or perhaps district um, offices of the east? Yeah, I've toured uh, 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 centers in the center region. Mm -hmm. I went to Mankranso. And uh, I've been there for three days. Mm -hmm. I've also been to uh, Busongchen uh, for three days. Right. Yeah. And uh, the impression is that on a daily basis, the number keep increasing. Uh, but not as fast as you'd expect, right? Uh, I think the first day, people were not aware mm -hmm. that something of that. Even up to now, some people are not aware right. there's a registration going on. Mm -hmm. So uh, the first day because the number was very, very low. Mm -hmm. And then the second day, it, it went, up. went up a bit. And then the third day, it has gone up. So 
Uh, let's see what will come up from yeah. uh, today's exercise. Mm. And uh, then we can conclude. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see, maybe at the end of Sunday, yeah. we should be able to know a clear picture what, of uh, what's uh, happening. What, what's happening. The, the biggest challenge for those who are going through the registration process now has got to do with transport. Yeah. Um, the point that, I mean, these are people who are obviously not working, especially for the first-time voters, they would have to rely on a guarantor to make it onto the system. It's almost as if the cost is being doubled for, for these individuals. Are you worried that these young ones would yeah. have to find you, you know, yeah, a means uh, of transport for themselves? Yeah, as a parent myself, I should be worried. You know, because, uh, you know, assuming you have three kids who have attained these ages and you have to send them, you have to give them money to do the transport because you know People coming out from even universities are not working. How much more those who have just graduated from SHS and the rest? So uh, there's a burden on the parent uh, because of, especially when we went to a yes. North, for instance, mm -hmm. looking at people living somewhere at uh, last stop, okay. St. Jim, last stop. If you have to come from that far to Briku, okay. you have to take about two or three cars to get to Briku and. If it happens the way some people are experiencing, you get there and you are not able to get your turn and then have to go and come back the next day, yeah. where are you going to lodge and all those kind of... So they, and some of them are even saying they may not return. Exactly. exactly. You know, there's another thing that yeah. people have not thought about. You see, in, before, because we didn't have uh, IDs, people were relying on the voter ID card as their... Uh, so form of fine, yes. Uh, yeah. Now we have the Ghana card, we have other forms. So somebody may decide why bother to go and do this uh, voter registration, you know, because looking at the inconveniences and everything. Oh, you feel that the incentive might not be there? For exactly. Some people, you know, look, look, the, the, the young girl, okay. he said, if he's not able to do it today, she won't come again. Yes. The, other, the, the young man, too, also said it. So it's something that we should look at. Which, it, you see, the, the politics yeah. in Ghana here is too much. This MPP and DC, mm -hmm. that is the problem. My brother, we need to tell them the truth. All these things that we are, is going You, you feel they are part of the... Yes! They are the ones bashing the people, the, the, you feel that... Oh, it's not about the yeah. bashing. Mm -hmm. You see, the EC deciding to do it at their district yes. is because of this, uh, what do you call it? The, the guarantor system. Okay. Mm -hmm. You see, because EC decided to remove the grantor system okay. from their new CI, mm -hmm. and then the parliament decided not to accept it mm -hmm. because they wanted people to still use the grantor system. Right. That is the problem. Because they believe that the grantor system always creates problems here and there. People below the, uh, the age limit decide to go on to the, system, onto the register. And I mean, I don't know what this MPP and NDC are looking for. They just want to create problems, you know. You see, they are inviting these actions, yeah, invite coups in the, in the system because I don't understand them. You know, they have to sit down and reason because you see, don't give somebody a reason to do what he's not supposed to do. I'm, I'm very serious with this because why should we argue on this? We have the Ghana card if the person has attained the age of 18 and doesn't have anything to prove his uh, nationality. He can simply go to Ghana card or the NIA and just get himself registered. But the, there's another problem with the NIA. Those guys at the NIA, they are also another problem. Because we are spending too much on this Ghana card. To me, it's needless. We don't need a Ghana card. 
to me. What is the what is the physical card? The physical card. What is the purpose of that card? What 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 is the use? Just print their numbers for them. When the person get registered, take all his details. You run uh, some like so it becomes a unique code. Exactly. The, the, the number is the most important thing. It's not the card. And they said they put a chip in there. They do this. We are wasting money. You, they yeah, but just, it's biometric. It's uh, yes, yeah, the biometric. Yeah. You, you put the person details. Yeah. So whenever the person comes and he mentions his number, mm. straight away the person's details will pop up. So why? So if they have been giving people their numbers and they have been focusing on the numbers, we won't have all these problems. Everybody who by now have gotten their numbers and they would be using their numbers. So the problem here, my brother, we have, we have a long way to go. Okay, you're also in court. We know that, uh, for instance, you're joining hands with uh, other, um, you know, lesser yeah. followed political parties, the CPP, PNC, and you're seeking as much as possible to compel the EC to take a second look at how the limited registration exercise should go. Uh, why are you taking that route and not instead engaging the um, Electoral Commission, for instance, at IPAC to try and convince them to oh, yeah. we, 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 know, expand we, the process? We were at IPAC, mm-hmm. and then EC brought the idea that they want to, because of the upcoming uh, district-level election, so decided to re- uh, do a limited registration. Mm-hmm. And then they brought the idea that they want to do it at the district offices. And we said, no, it's not going to help. Please, let's consider these young people traveling all the way from their communities to the districts, it will inconvenience them. And it's going to be also costly. So please, extend it to the, uh, the electoral area. Right. So whilst we're arguing, they said, okay, they'll, they'll get back to us. Before I realized, they've made a, uh, a, press, a, a, a press statement and that they are going ahead with it. Oh, so you mean to say that at IPAC, Yes. You did not conclude the process. Exactly. Of and then they, the they went out to uh, announce. Are you it. sure about Oh, that? yeah, 100%. And then, uh, so if, if uh, you know. Did, did you call to check at least what's oh, going yeah. on? It, because it, the it, point is. We did a, 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 a presser mm-hmm. just after that, okay. when we heard that. Right. We came out, and then even my general secretary was okay. the one who was leading the, the process. Mm-hmm. And then. Uh, we wrote to the EC, expecting that they'll call us, and then uh, we sit down again. And come. But we realize they are going on. So that's why we join other parties to go to court. The, to stop the, the, the argument is but that IPAC is not necessarily legal, and so uh, it's just an advisory uh, yeah. uh, committee. The EC is not bound by, exactly, by the exactly, exactly, them. exactly. But but we, we, though we are, we, uh, EC is not bound to pick our proposals mm-hmm. and yes. our suggestions, but. You know, as human beings as we are, sometimes you got to listen to ourselves and then see if there's a way that we can do things so that everything will be done properly, you know. But that's why we went to court, and then, but unfortunately, our court didn't go anywhere. So, yeah, and, and in fact, if you look at the timeline, uh, it appears that even if the case will be heard, by the time the processes are over, the registration is almost ended. Yeah, so that's so in the meantime, how do we solve this challenge we have? Would you be making another attempt to reach out to the EC to consider, say, uh, transport arrangements, to consider other means of, you know, expanding oh, I, I, I think what, I, what, what would you be doing as the LPG? Yeah, we will keep on reminding them that they can... From now, you're going to... Yeah, they should extend it. Mm-hmm. And now that they are limiting it to their district, mm-hmm. then I don't think they should have a, a, an end date. They, it should be a continuous process to maybe September next year. Okay? They should... Allow people to keep registering. Maybe they finish 
somewhere October, and then they close it for October okay. to enable them to prepare the take their register for the December elections. Mm -hmm. And then they open it again from January up to September next year. So that should be continuous uh, thing. That when, when somebody gets 18, they just walk to the district office and register. But if they are going to wait and then uh, a certain period they open it, it's not going to happen. Anyway. There's also another uh, you know, proposition from uh, the leader of the NDC talking about, for instance, the need to ask Parliament if, if that will be possible for more funding and then we get more funding uh, for the NDC uh, to, carry out, to carry out that exercise. Well, would that not help? Yeah, I, I agree with him. I agree with him with his suggestion. I agree with him. But uh, he should also speak to uh, his party people in Parliament okay. to accept the EC. Uh, new proposal. You want the new CI to be accepted? Yes, the new CI should be the way forward. Yeah, so it should speak to his people. There's a baggage here about the Ghana card, which remains, you know, the, the biggest form of controversy. Yeah. And we must even put on record that the reason for this was not accepted. It's not solely because of the NDC MPs. Yeah, uh, I, I believe that uh, if we all put more resources at the NIA, if it has come a problem, this will give them money to give the people they needed uh, uh, cars to enable them to register uh, because we need to have a unique ID. Mm -hmm. The unique ID is necessary. We should have it. So we should support the NIA to get the necessary funding mm -hmm. to get everybody their numbers so that we, 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 we use it everywhere we go because we can't run a country where anybody can just enter into the country and do anything. We have been to other places. My brother, it's not easy going to live in Ireland without and a PPS number, or U.S. without a social security number. So our Ghana card number should be the thing. But, 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 uh, mm -hmm. can I ask you this? But, but, do, you, uh, do you know your Ghana card number? Uh, I have the card. But I don't know but, the number. But it's quite a lengthy... Uh, yeah, you okay, know, my uh, one is 718-195-191-6. Oh, you see, we have to memorize this. Yeah. That is, we have to educate ourselves mm. that we should memorize this. Yeah. Because everywhere you go, you go to the bank, you just quote your number. Mm -hmm. pa, 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 they give okay, so you feel that the number, the number is enough to do any form of transaction? Exactly. And that we shouldn't be based on the card, on, on the card itself. Yeah, they, we're so, just wasting money on the card. Are you then proposing that, for instance, as of now, the NIA be giving clearance to go ahead with the registration, even without the card, and then we integrate that with the EC system. Exactly. So that they go, even if somebody carries the card, okay. and it's not integrated to the EC, uh, what, what are you doing? So you can just get fake cards to do transactions. You see, it should be integrated so that wherever you go, they mention it, pop, pop, pop. You, you, you are the one, your, your details will pop up. Stapalo, this is Ghana. Oh, Ghana. But you see, the yeah, but this is Ghana. We are no, Ghana. but the banks have it. When you go to your bank, mm -hmm. You just write your number. Yeah. On your, don't carry your Ghana card with you again. Go to any bank here and just mention. This thing pop up. That's because they've invested. They are private entities. They've invested. Ah, they're just thought of Oh, my brother. They've invested into their system. So when they insert that, they are able to get it. Yes, no, how about, you, you know, how about the rural communities? No electricity. It doesn't no matter. No internet service. It doesn't matter. You know, the card might, no, be, no, no, might no, be necessary no. at that point. No banks. No banks. Run. All right. Mm -hmm. No organization. Serious, serious organization runs without electricity, without whatever. These days. No, that's the bank. But. This is Ghana, about the Electoral Commission? If, Ghana, an, if, an, uh, if a private serious. company yeah. can afford to do that, yeah. Ghana government has no excuse to tell me mm -hmm. that they don't have money to invest in that. Because they have to. All the kids being born today should be registered on it. 
Every Kenyan must be registered on it. And every government department whatsoever in this country must have access to it. Ghana government cannot tell me they will not have money to do that. So I'm sure what are we doing to ourselves? That we don't have money, don't have money syndrome. To me, I don't accept that. Money must be used to service ourselves. We can't just say we don't have money. We don't have money, so go find the money and get things done properly. Mr. Kwaliti, the EC argues that it will open up the exercise again somewhere next year before the general elections. Is that not enough hope to say, well, even if you miss the opportunity now, you have another opportunity next, next year? Uh, or you think that might be a challenge? What about if the person is seriously uh, interested to register and vote for a particular person in the district know. level election? EC must be able to help everybody who is interested to vote in the up- upcoming. So far as the person has attained the age and the person is ready to do it, they should help them. So MPP and NDC, they are the dominant parties. They are, you know, you saw one guy who was trying to create confusion over there where there's no confusion. You know, He's just talking about buses. They just go there just to create confusion. They're not supposed to even be there, but I don't know. So, my, my friend... <laughs> We need to do things right mm-hmm. in this country. You see, we are pleading with the Electoral Commission to go back, look at how things are going, and see what they can do to make it easy for our young people to be on the register. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2024 is just um, you know, uh, a year away. Um, you are a political party. You're definitely interested in, in the next elections. How are you readying yourself, and what message are you selling to the, the, to the people of Ghana? At least you're making a case for a third force to emerge at this time. Uh, actually, we are trying our best to reach out to everybody who has, who's uh, going to vote in the upcoming election, the 2024 election. We are reaching them that they should consider us and vote for us, because if they do, mm-hmm. we'll bring something new. What will happen? Uh, we know we are going to introduce child benefits. Every child in Ghana will be paid every month. If you are unemployed, we pay unemployment benefit. And then we're going You're to going to be paying salaries? Yeah, unemployment benefits. You are not working to give it's you money. It's not a salary, it's so like a benefit. Yeah. And then uh, we also set up a $10 billion job fund mm-hmm. for the young people who want to go into their own businesses, who have visions, who want to realize their vision. We support them with funding to enable them to uh, execute their visions. Because we have, we have to have this at the back of our mind. Mm-hmm. That young people, every young person has a vision. But we need to support their visions to come. Somebody who is at the age of 18, 19, 20, we shouldn't play with them. We should support them. Give them the necessary funding to enable them to realize their vision. If you take a person like uh, Mark Zuckerberg, Mm -hmm. at the age of 19, he started uh, Facebook. Uh, Bill Gates. At the age of 19, he started Microsoft Corporation. Michael Dell, at the age of 21, he started their corporation, their computers. And uh, Steve Jobs, at the age of 21, he started Apple Corporation with uh, Steve Wozniak. What I'm trying to say is that the young people carry visions. Because when you go to the book of Joel chapter 2, verse 28, it says, I will pour my spirit on all flesh. I see. And then the young people will see visions. Mm. So if you want to run any nation, any country, the youth you should have this understanding mm. that the young people carry vision. When you go to the book of Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, it says, lack of vision, the people perish. You see, lack of vision, 
the people perish. So a country where we are struggling, it means our people don't carry vision. Or they have the vision, but we are suppressing them to come out with what is inside them to help the society. So LPG, we see that when we come, when we have the opportunity, we are going to invest in our young people. We're going to support them so that they can bring what is in them. Mr. Kwame, what do you what do you intend to get all of these monies from uh, to pay unemployed youth across uh, the country? No, monies are in our minds. Monies are in our minds. Monies are not sitting somewhere that you go and just put your hand in and just. You. Yeah, but you have to pay. No, you create the money. You create the money. When you go to the book of Deuteronomy, where will you get the money? And and it's in. a more direct question. Yeah. When, you go, to the, the when you go to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8, verse 18, it says, I am the Lord that giveth thee power to create wealth. So don't expect that money sitting somewhere just tap. You create them. You create the money. You see, if I'm able to invite Ghanaians, let's say 1 million Ghanaians, and I ask them to invest $100 each, it's $100 million. This afternoon, okay? The president can ask, we are building this. We need $200 million. We need Ghanaians who buy shares in this uh, project. We're thinking of an eye. You can get $200 million. So far as they know the returns that they will get from this. You see, we need to build a system our, so that we create capital. We are not creating capital here. Take Apostle Safo Katanka. He is doing uh, vehicles, cars, and all those kinds. But he's doing it by himself. Yeah, we have to go the third way. Yeah. We invite people to buy shares in that company so they can raise the needed capital to do big stuff. Mr. Kolo, these are very big dreams. Uh, it's, and it's not as though we've not heard this before. Uh, okay? No, we've it's heard, about doing we've heard, it. We've heard that from the NDC. We've heard that from oh, the NDC. Forget about MPP we've heard NDC. that from all of the political parties. Why well, should, why should forget we Forget about MPP and NDC. Forget about MPP and NDC. Yeah, so why should we you know, treat yeah. your, your party differently? Yeah, you, have to, you have to trust me because I will do it. I'm we not just we, saying we've heard, that, we've heard that. that no, those who know me will tell you, but when you say we'll do this, you will do it. Mm. I will do it. My brother, don't, don't underrate me. I, I, I know I, I can't do that, Mr. Yeah. Yeah. When, I'm asking when I become because, president, no, I'm, yes. when I become president yes. all your rules will be faced. I don't see why you, you are driving on the road and you are full of portals. Why? What should we do? Okay? First, monies are sitting at the Bank of Ghana. Mr. Kona, I'm just asking the question because some political uh, parties and their assigned yeah. have said the same things. Yeah, they said it, but they did not do it. But we will do it. Because I cannot say now to allow money to sit at the Bank of Ghana. Huh? Whilst people are, people are dying. Why? So yeah. you, you just go in there and, get, and grab money? Ah, the money is for who? It's for the people of Ghana. So we have to use it on them. Will, will you allow... A, a dog to come and buy so it. The BOG is an independent institution. BOG. Last time they ran a, a loss of 60 billion cities. Where did you go? It went into the system to support the economy. So we should use the money on ourselves. Where do we use cities? Cities, we use cities only in Ghana. So sometimes when I listen to uh, people, they say, oh, we don't have money, we don't have money. But we get money to buy cocoa, aren't we? Yeah. But somebody will tell, oh, we went to borrow syndicated loan. Yeah. But can you tell me, or can you confirm, if there's one particular farmer in this country who has been paid dollar before? We paid them cities. So where do we get the cities to pay them? Huh? So the monies are sitting at the Bank of Ghana, and then we are spending money on air condition, on, on those money. We will use the money to build this country and grow this economy so that we create jobs and we create work for our people. Maybe somebody sitting somewhere and we was saying, this guy doesn't know economics. He knows it to create inflation. 
Who told you inflation is always bad? Then you don't understand economics. We need to build the economy. You see, when you put a dollar in an economy, a spreader is going to revolt 27 times. A contractor has done the job, and the contractor doesn't even know when he's going to be paid. The contractor borrowed money from the bank to execute the project. He doesn't even know when he's going to be paid. What happens to the bank money? Okay, we are running. We need to pay the contractors. Give them the money. Let them go run and create jobs. So now they have laid their workers. Their workers are sitting at home. They are not working because the contractors have not been paid. I will not run Ghana like that. Contractors will be paid immediately with their certificates. If I don't have the money, why should I give them the contract in right. the first place? Right. Mr. Kwalu, we'll definitely uh, be in touch again, uh, obviously, as, as the elections draw, draw closer. Uh, but obviously, we're waiting to see what the Electoral Commission uh, would do at the end of the day. Any, any final words to the EC, perhaps, to the uh, chairperson, Jean Mensah? Oh, uh, Auntie Jean. You know, I'm crying in a so much room with Right. We should allow everybody to write his or her name. Right. And that's the message from the leader of the LPG, Percival Kofi Akpalu, joining us uh, here on The Pulse. We're grateful, sir, for your time. And our Minister for Education, Dr. Yao Ose Aduchum, has urged Ghanaians uh, who seek to study in the United States of America to positively imbibe the American dreams by coming back home to contribute to the development of the country, speaking uh, to the potential postgraduate uh, Ghanaian students to the United States at the Education USA uh, College Fair. The Member of Parliament for Bosunji advised uh, the students always to consider foremost what they can give back to their country after completion. And now in America, enjoying the African dreams, making good money, bringing change and transformation to South LA. And why go to Ghana? Why come to Ghana? I asked myself that I want to meet with a mentor of mine, former congressman uh, from California, Dr. Melvin Diamond. And I asked him, do I go to Ghana? Do I stay here? And he told me once, he said, yeah. You've done very well here, your shoes are great, but America can do without you. Maybe your country cannot do without you. He spoke to my heart. I decided that I'll come back to Ghana. And I came back to Ghana, and someone I never thought I would do, I became a politician, <laughs> a member of parliament for some chief constituency, made a deputy minister, eventually become the Minister for Education and um, I'm living a dream and this one is a Ghanaian dream. <laughs> a dream that says your mom didn't go to school, your dad didn't go to any school, not even primary school, but yet you can become a Minister for Education. For all those of you who are gathered here, don't minimize yourself. You get the opportunity to go to America don't look at yourself as a Ghanaian. Be part of the American fabric. Think like how Americans think. That is the land where everyone believes that everything is possible. So when you go, understand 
that your greatness there is how you come back. Well, uh, we can now deal with some uh, other stories because some residents of Mafi uh, in the central Tong district have, uh, of the Volta region have accused uh, some foreigners uh, and investors of encroaching on lands, uh, thereby depriving them of their livelihood, uh, which is uh, mainly farming. The residents, mostly youths, uh, noted that the foreign company uh, was able to get over 700 acres of land for their farming businesses, which has increased uh, to... Uh, which was actually released to them uh, by the elders of the area at a cheaper rate, but uh, went ahead and took over another 114 acres of land already uh, being used and owned by them. Ivy Sertagy has the rest of the story. The residents, mostly youths, noted that the foreign company was able to get over 700 acres of land for their farming business which was released to them by the elders of the community, but went ahead and took over another 114 acres of land. Should a, a, a foreigner come to our, count, our country, then we allow them to just be encroaching on our land just like that, and whatever they did, we support them. We just give them a document to support it. So that's not right. Some of the residents speaking to the media noted that they live in their own community like strangers and are almost on the verge of losing their lands to foreigners who only call the lands at cheap rates. 143 acres whereby they are fighting for, but the youth are using, they are using it to farm. Right now we are going to plow it too. The residents, however, want government through the regional minister to do something about the situation. We are here today and we have gathered to bring out our, uh, our, our grievances and we will also petition the government, the president, through the regional minister to ensure that they put a stop to all these illegal or unlawful activities this spring ago Industrial Limited are carried on on, on our land. James Akoli is the assemblyman for the area. So my position is that uh, actually portion of the land was given to the spring agro people to develop. And we were clearly told that this spring agro investors are in to take portion of our land and develop it. By so indeed, they have started uh, developing the land that was released to them. Nobody is worrying them but uh, it was the the small pieces of land that they are encroaching now that is bringing the whole controversy now the dce for central tongue thomas noted that the spring agro limited have all the documents that section of the land we call it project site we don't release it to individuals we release it to only commercial farmers. It is known to us that only five people are signatories to uh, land agreement. So they were doing the expansion gradually. Then it came to a time that they acquired uh, another 140 acres. It is not that they, they, were, they were encroaching on any land. 
the, the encroachment is not the case, but it, the, I, I would rather tell you double, double lease of land. The chief released that same 114 acres to the Spring Agro company. Then the youth also gave it to another youth, an individual, that same land, at different rates. And the whole genesis of the case is that the youth rep on the committee. Uh, they are, they are, his colleagues are now, now kicking against him. They don't seem to like him too well. That is the, 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 the beginning of the whole show. The CEO of Spring Agro Limited, Siddharth Mohinju, has been speaking for Joy News. The groups that we are talking about are not the legitimate owners of the land. The legitimate owners of the land are the Techpur family. This document that you see, it was done at the end of December 2022 last year and we started uh, the, the date on it is march this is for a piece of land which is 115 114 acres roughly which is now being disputed by this group uh, the group does not have any legal ownership of this we have the document uh, if i can show you uh, this is the survey map which was done by uh, Mr. Ferguson at the district assembly, who is the certified surveyor. Uh, the document is uh, signed by the land owners who are the rightful owners of the land. They, they have an agitation, but it's mostly, I think it's personal infighting between uh, the family and maybe there is some issues amongst them, but it has nothing to do with us. We are just sort of in the middle of the crossfire. I wish Satoji. For Joy News, today I've been Central Tone. And back here in the studio, you're watching the polls on the Joy News channel. We're taking a break. When we return, I will tell you more uh, and also give you a feel of what's happening at the mini clinic of the Joy News Ecoburn Habitat Fair. Please stay. Smile, hmm? Look lively, okay? Smile, smile! Is the money too small? A bad stomach ruins your day. Don't let it. Take Gastron, your most effective antacid, for the relief of symptoms of peptic ulcer, heartburn, gas pain, flatulence, and indigestion. Hey guys, what are you waiting for? Let's go, let's go. Mwah. Can you bring down the smiles more? <laughs> Gastron, effective relief from stomach discomfort. Manufactured and distributed by NS Chemist Limited. This advertisement has been written and approved by the FDA. Did you the Electoral Commission is making preparations for voters' registration exercise from 12 September to 2 October 2023 to enable citizens who have turned 18 years or persons who have not previously registered to visit the EC office in their district and register as a voter ahead of the upcoming district-level elections 2023. 
The registration exercise is in line with the Commission's mandate to compile the register of voters and revise it at such periods as may be determined by law. Every eligible Ghanaian should visit the EC office in their district and present their Ghana card or passport for inclusion in the voters' register. Applicants who do not have a Ghana card or passport are required to bring two persons who are already registered voters to guarantee their registration. Do not register again if you have lost your voter ID card. Replacement of voter ID cards will start from 3rd October 2023 after the registration exercise. Transfer of votes will also be done from 3rd October to 9th October 2023. It is a criminal offense for a guarantor to guarantee for more than 10 people, non-Ghanaians and persons who are not 18 years of age. Guarantors who violate this provision will be prosecuted. The voter registration exercise is part of efforts to ensure credible, transparent and peaceful elections in Ghana. Register to vote. Your vote is your power. The voter registration exercise 2023 is here with us now. Hello, my name is Abeku Santana. If there's anything that makes my life so easy, it is my bank. I love hanging out with my boys' boys at our usual fufu joint. But even without cash, we still the chop better with EcoBank Mobile. No matter the time of day, my bank helps me stay in touch with my beautiful wife whenever she's away. And when my beautiful wife is in town, she never misses out on her favorite TV shows because I'm able to pay up all my TV subscriptions from the comfort of my mobile phone. Whenever she has to get groceries too, my bank makes it cashless and convenient. And the part my wife loves the most is when my bank makes it possible and easy for her to shop from any part of the world without moving. <laughs> Welcome to the smart world of Ecobank. Download Ecobank Mobile from Google Play Store, all the app store and discover the smart way to bank. Ecobank, the Pan-African bank. Daddy, Daddy, this tank is big. Yes, that's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow, it has a working surface like this. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I can see S-I-N-T-E-S syntax. That is so true, my daughter. When it falls down, it will spoil That's not true. But why? Why? Syntex <laughs> was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank. Are you strong? Are you tough? The Center for Indigenous Knowledge and Organizational uh, Development says that there is the need to craft a sustainable local need system that will ensure 
that high-quality seeds of uh, a wide range of crop varieties are available in time to women farmers and other stakeholders for this uh, season. And for this reason, uh, the centre has helped uh, some training for women farmers and other stakeholders. Uh, the organization has also held a workshop for women farmers groups in the, the transition zone to educate them on the need to craft a sustainable local seed system that will ensure higher quality seeds of wide range of crop varieties uh, that are available uh, in time to women farmers and other stakeholders. The purpose of this uh, workshop is also to create an opportunity uh, for the women uh, to share their experiences on local seed development initiatives as well as discuss strategies for developing and strengthening local seed systems in Ghana to help empower them economically. And as Sabit has the rest of the story. The year 2019, the Center for Indigenous Knowledge and Organizational Development, SICO, together with PFAG, have been facilitating the strengthening of the Ghana agroecology movement as CSO's led platform that is championing agroecology issues in Ghana. The center has for the past decade promoted and supported smallholder farmers in Ghana to manage, multiply, store and exchange their local and indigenous seeds mainly using their own intergenerational knowledges, experiences and skills. CCOD has therefore held a workshop for women farmer groups in the transition zone to educate them on a craft sustainable local seed system that will ensure the availability of crop varieties to farmers in the area. Wilberforce Latte is the head of programs for the southern sector at Seacord. Seed is becoming very important. With the passage of the Plant Variety and Protection Bill, uh, we want to ensure that our local seeds are preserved. You know, so the purpose of this meeting, among other things, was also to discuss the seed issue. They shared various examples about how they are keeping and preserving seeds. Uh, we had the opportunity to visit the Abofab group and see what they are doing with seeds. You know, so this is just a follow-up to the meetings that we've been having, um, from pest management to weed management, and then now today we have we have we have uh, dedicated or focused the meeting on seeds. He says the move would also go a long way to preserve the culture of the people as well as save these farmers' money spent in the purchase of seeds during planting seasons. You know, seed is not just for planting, it's also about our culture. We'll be able to maintain their culture through that. In addition to maintaining their culture, they will also be able to save costs. Because now if you want to buy seed, it's not, it's not cheap. You know, so they, 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 I don't see why a farmer should go to a seed, a seed company to buy tomatoes, okra, and other vegetables. You know, and I, I think that investing in, in, in meetings like this to help them preserve their local seeds will save them a lot of costs. Some of these participating women drawn from different women farmer groups from the Bunu and Bunu East regions expressed gratitude to the organizers of the workshop for the knowledge shared. President of the Bofoyena Women's Farmer Group, Grace Afas, says the preservation of these indigenous seas will ensure that these seas will not be totally out of the system. We went to the seed bank and I saw a lot of indigenous seeds. I think it is a laudable idea to keep them for future so that uh, the younger generation will come, or future generation, 
will come and see the type of food which is so uh, nutritious to our bodies, which we are living or letting it go just like that. Uh, it's, it's a wake-up call for our group. She asked that the indigenous seeds are much healthier for consumption as compared to the imported seeds and urged farmers to revisit the local seeds for healthier lifestyles. Anything that is not natural also entails a lot of uh, ill health uh, substances. So keeping our own or uh, the, 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 the culturally breeded uh, distant seed, I think that one is helpful because our, our system is used to it. We have been taking it and it doesn't cause any harm to our health. Anna Sabit, Joy News, for Ukraine. Ghana Armed Forces has assured that there will be no coup d'etat in Ghana. Chief of Defence Staff, Vice Admiral Seth Amama, during the Katsu call on the GJA executive members, indicated that the peace and stability of the country can be maintained if the media agencies produce credible uh, news in uh, the delivery of their work during a visit. The, he actually stated that the military has no business in governance but rather in the promotion of the constitution and the will of the people that uh, brings journalists and the military into confrontation is especially with the military police at state functions uh, some journalists have the notion that if he's on the camera and is taking you know, in short, forget about any other thing. But then the military police are also charged with maintaining orderliness at state function. And so where uh, a state official like the president is coming and uh, somebody is so focused on his camera, and the military police has to, uh, you know, clear the the way for for the president to to pass. It results in, uh, you know, yes, yeah, some some confrontation and, and and things like that. We 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 have to address you know that issue in a way, and then. Uh, uh, military uh, police. Of course, we say that uh, in every house there's a Mensa inside. <laughs> so you would have uh, an individual who would misbehave. Please feel free to report to the Provo Masha, who who is you know vested with the power to uh, force discipline among the, the, the soldiers. And so if immediately something happens, uh, inform Provo, Masha, and then it will be resolved as quickly as possible, even before it comes into the the press that, uh, you know, some soldiers have molested a, a, a journalist and, and, and that kind of thing. Masha, the force will always be active. <laughs> 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 uh, I think uh, we'll, we'll, take, uh, we'll take the contact of your leadership. Yes, yes. And now the president of the Ghana Journalists Association, Albert uh, Kwabana Jumfo, called on the institution 
uh, for more initiatives in training journalists uh, and the military as a way of deepening relations between uh, them, citing uh, the see, same, see something, say something uh, to a journalist initiative has been beneficial uh, in maintaining security across the country. We want to say that we are, we are not uh, enemies. Yes, we are not enemies. We are partners in national development. Mm-hmm. And for that, the meeting we had, that is summer 2020, was to understand how the media does it work or do it work. Mm-hmm. And also to share with also the media how you also do your work. Because there, are, there were certain things that we didn't know especially from we, on the side of the Ghana forces, and there were things that the Ghana forces also didn't do. So our vice president, who led, uh, did a presentation on our media, do our work, and he also did the same. And the agreement was that we're going to build on that. But unfortunately, we haven't met. We hope that um, from this meeting, we made a conscious effort, at least, if, at least once uh, in, in, in six months or something, at least twice in a year, we can upset and the informal uh, engagement you spoke about. We can include sports. Yes. We can we can have a sport, sporting competition between the media and then the military. And also we also suggest that whenever new recruits, uh, new uh, we should have such engagement so that they will understand that the media Yes, yes, it's a partner mm-hmm. and not enemies. Mm-hmm. So, so I want to play with you and the media here to um, appeal to your good office if we can ensure some training, training for both military officers and journalists mm-hmm. on the military media relations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, to us to also enhance or build the capacity of journalists in this regard. Yes. And also, uh, aside, maybe this going forward, you use your eye office to make sure you interrogate and investigate cases of assault against uh, journalists and take appropriate action. The Eurozone economy will see growth of just uh, under 1% this year, according to the latest figures. The weak figures come amid soaring inflation rates uh, for. More now. Let's uh, get details from DW's uh, Arthur Sullivan, who's uh, joining us from Berlin. Uh, Sullivan, first off, uh, what does the latest data tell us about the state of the EU economy? So these figures really tell a story of sluggish growth and sapped confidence across the European economy. Now this new data comes from the European Commission, that's the executive wing of the EU, and it's downgraded its growth forecast to just around 0.8% for this year. Now, as across much of the world, high inflation is a big factor here, hitting demand with consumers really being put off by high prices. Economic activity has been hit in a number of sectors. Because of those rising costs, high energy prices are particularly a big problem. Now, there isn't a whole lot of confidence that it's going to improve before the end of the year. Other factors that are hitting the European economy, economy, a fall in manufacturing activity, ongoing trade turbulence with China, and that there is really caused by a combination of a slowdown within China and European countries reassessing economic ties with China itself. And what's really notable about these figures is just how far behind the US economy it puts the European economy. That's been the case since the pandemic began, and the problem seems to be getting stronger, in fact, for Europe since uh, the pandemic ended. Uh, And this news uh, is particularly bad for Europe's largest economy, Germany, 
it's, it, this is something, of course, uh, which some consider as an outlier uh, moment in Europe at, at the time, isn't it? It really is. I mean, Germany is Europe's economic powerhouse, by a distance the biggest economy, but it's also the worst affected major economy going by this data. It's in recession, and forecasts say that it's going to contract by around 0.4% this year. And that's quite a big swing from the last estimate, which had Germany recording modest growth for the year. Now, Germany's story is in many ways similar to the European story. Sluggish consumer spending is hitting the economy. Germany is a nation of savers at the best of times, but high prices have really been putting people off this year. And it's something that I think people here are really feeling when they go into the shops, into the supermarkets for everyday items, there's a strong sense that value just isn't there for the consumer at the moment. And underpinning all this, as it is with Europe as a whole, is are those high energy prices. Germany, of course, has other longer-term economic problems which are, are sapping confidence. That ranges from a shortage of skilled workers to the ongoing energy transition away from Russian gas, bureaucratic overreach, problems with digital infrastructure, physical infrastructure. In many respects, the economic mood really is quite dark in what we must acknowledge is still the world's fourth largest economy. To ask you about the implications of a struggling German economy and what that, that will mean for the global picture as well, the world economy. Well, the first impact, of course, is Europe-wide. I mean, as I said before, Germany is the European economic engine. It's a trade superpower. It makes up around a third of the EU's total economic output. So if Germany's struggling, if it's the, to, to use that phrase that's been used before, the sick man of Europe, well, then, of course, it's going to have an impact on the European economy, and that then does have a knock-on effect for the global economy. But to see the overall impact on the globe is a little tricky. Obviously, when the European economy is not firing on all cylinders, that does have an impact on, on trade partnerships where there are particularly strong trade for example, mm. with China, but it's not the kind of global economic engine that the US economy is, for example. And it's also worth remembering that if Germany is struggling, that might provide an opportunity for some countries to come into its territory, namely in certain export fields, because soaring costs for German producers, particularly in industrial and high-energy intensive industries, is presenting opportunities for rivals to take some of that business which German companies would previously have hoovered up. Uh, in fact, the energy crisis is a big reason for the economic problems. Uh, Germany has been in talks with some African countries on energy supply as well. Any updates on as to I mean how these relationships are developing? Right. So last year, Germany and other European countries wanted to stop buying Russian gas as Russian gas as fast as possible because of the war in Ukraine, and they immediately started looking to some African countries as possible energy partners. A joint project between Senegal and Mauritania, financed by UK and US companies, was one such gas operation that Germany expressed interest in, and they had talks with Senegal about this. Now, this project has had a lot of difficulties for various reasons, and it is yet to start delivering LNG gas, but that could start from 2024 if all goes well. Both the Senegal and German governments remain open to a deal being done, but it very much remains something for the future. And we should mention as well that Italy did sign gas deals with Algeria and Angola last year. But there are still real question marks over the extent to which energy deals such as these will be done and how much they will ultimately deliver. Aside from the fact that European countries like Germany are under pressure to meet their climate goals and ultimately move away from fuels like gas... There is also a lot of pressure on the African side to get these projects up and running, to receive the kind of finance that they need, and ultimately to produce at the kind of capacities that would be required. But it's still very much something that is for the future. I see. Uh, and we wait to see, of course, what the um, fallouts will be after that. Sullivan, thank you.
The National Democratic Congress in the northern region has called on the office of the uh, vice uh, to, uh, to immediately uh, sanction an inquiry into the uh, auction of some medical equipment meant for the Tamalit Teaching Hospital and other hospitals in the northern region. According to the NDC, over $400,000 worth of equipment, which includes incubators, dialysis machines, and others uh, were shipped into the country 2022, allegedly, um, and were, of course, auctioned uh, uh, after efforts to get stakeholders, including the vice president, to help clear the equipment uh, and nowhere to be found is the reason for which the party held this news conference. There's also Lena, Dr. Ify Bell. It's a development chief from the city of Louisville, which has a sister city relationship with the Tamale Metropolis. As part of her development agenda, she has shipped medical equipment in 2022 to help hospitals in the northern region. But efforts to clear the equipment proved futile until the way option in June this year, 2023. Addressing a press conference in Tamale, the Northern Regional Secretary of the NDC, Mohamed Salam, said the Vice President and his team had assured the donors of the equipment, that's the Zosemlina, of a tax waiver. These publications revealed that the medical supplies valued over $400,000, which were shipped from the United States of America with the intention of aiding hospitals in the Northern Region particularly the Tamale Teaching Hospital, Central Hospital, and the West Hospital. And other health centers were unlawfully auctioned by the Temaport authorities. These medical items, including oxygen tanks, dialysis machines, and incubators, were intended to enhance healthcare services in the northern region. It is worth noting that these medical supplies left the United States in July 2022 and arrived in Ghana on September 2022. On September 22, 2022. However, they were auctioned in June 2023. To expedite clearance of these items from the Temaport for donation to hospitals, Chief Zosimilena Palace engaged key stakeholders from the northern region including the Vice President, Dr. Mahmoud Baumi, and Northern Regional Minister, Shani Alas and Saibu, the Metropolitan Chief Executive of Tamale Shule Salifu, and Executive from the Tamale Teaching Hospital. The NDC Northern Region's own investigations revealed that the Northern Regional Minister and the Vice President's office assured the donors of successfully securing a tax waiver for the medical supplies. He urged the vice president to clear his name if indeed his innocence of the accusation are leveled against him. Therefore, it is disheartening to learn that these items were never cleared. Despite these extensive efforts and consultations, medical supplies worth over 400,000 have been illegally auctioned by the Temaport authorities depriving the people of Tamale, Dagbang, and the northern region of potentially life-saving donations for our struggling healthcare facilities. In light of this distressing development, we, the executives of the NDC northern region, find it imperative to address you, the media, thereby inviting you to take keen interest in pursuing this matter to its logical conclusion.
Given the dire state of our healthcare facilities in the northern region, it is exceedingly regrettable that Chief Zosimlinas and partners' generous gesture to support these hospitals has been squandered. We call for a thorough investigation by law enforcement agencies into this medical supplies container auction case. Such recurring misconduct at the Temaport should not be tolerated, as it may deter future donors from contributing medical supplies to underserved hospitals nationwide. Furthermore, it is a source of great disappointment to us that our fellow Northerner, Vice President Dr. Mahmoud Baumia, did not utilize his authority adequately to facilitate and expedite the clearance of the container for the Northern region. Despite the waiver secured by the Health Directorate, as explained by the Northern Regional Directorate for the Ghana Health Service. Mr. Salam, question if the Vice President. And now the AU peacekeeping mission in Somalia, known as the African Union Transition Mission in Somalia, is citing funding challenges is one of the major reasons it has decided to do a gradual withdrawal of the troops from the East African country. Uh, there was a successful drawdown of some 2,000 troops in July, with six forwarding operating bases uh, handed over to the Somali security forces. The AU has agreed with the Somali government to pull out another 3,000 troops by the end of September, with a mission expected to end by December 2024. First commander of the African Union Transition Mission in Somalia, General Samu Kaidin, says the terror threat posed by al-Shabaab is not limited to Somalia, but extends to West African countries, including Ghana. Max Alababa, who has security desk, has more from Somalia. Formerly known as the African Union Mission in Somalia, Amazon, but now the African Union Transition Mission in Somalia, ACBIS, has supported the country's government in the fight against al-Shabaab for the past 15 years. The AU was to gradually reduce the number of troops until December 2024, when the mission ends and full security duties handed over to the National Army of Somalia. ATMIS, in partnership with the United Nations Support Office in Somalia and the Federal Government of Somalia in July, concluded the successful drawdown of 2,000 troops. Six forward operating bases were handed over to the Somali security forces. The AU has agreed with the Somali government to pull out another 3,000 troops by the end of September. But Force Commander of Admist, Lieutenant General Sam Okidin, has revealed funding challenges as one of the major reasons for the decision to reduce the number of troops until the mission ends in 2024. Atmis is limping in terms of finances. And one of the reasons why this drawdown was drafted, it was because of the funding fatigue. Those who are funding said we can no longer shoulder this. We can't manage. But as we speak now, there are voids in funding. And that's one of the major reasons, Atimis is exiting by 2024 come December. He's recommending that individual countries and members of the African Union take up the cost of keeping the troops in Somalia. The suburb needs to sit down and revisit 
this issue of the funding. And the African countries need to sit down and revisit. I can give you an example. The African states can decide to send their countries, I mean their troops here, on their coasts. It is not difficult. It is possible. Africa can say, okay, one year or six month rotational basis in Somalia, but each country taking care of their troops. We shall not need the European Union, we shall not need the UN, we shall not need anybody. I'm giving you as an example. He says the threats posed by terrorist group Al-Shabaab is not limited to Somalia and its neighbors, but West African countries, including Ghana and the world. Now there is Al-Shabaab threats. It was in Yemen. How far is Yemen from, from Uganda? For example, Mozambique. They were in Syria. Now they are in Mozambique. They are in Sahel region. And they are here in Mogadishu. So there is nobody who is safe. Mozambique is in Southern Africa. So nobody is safe in this era of terrorism. West Africa, definitely, the effect is there. The threats are real, and the indicators are already showing. The connection in the Sahel region and Al-Shabaab, Al-Qaeda, is real. All those who were captured, they received evidence to that. What about West Africa here? West Africa is not safe. It is not a safe haven, no. Studio, it's a lead exposure. The chief executive officer of the Environmental Protection Agency is working with other ministries uh, to produce uh, lead prevention policy. The organization is also scaling up education uh, to ensure that they increase knowledge on the dangers of lead. Executive director for uh, the EPA, uh, Dr. Henry Kobanakokofo, has been speaking at a press uh, conference here in Accra. Um, facilities. They have already um, applied to EPA. We've permitted them, so to speak, and we have three on our records. Out of the three, two have been closed down due to um, uh, non-compliance and that they are not conforming to best practices. Uh, what we are now targeting are those who are doing informal and, if you like, small scale uh, within their uh, own confinements, within communities, uh, in their homes and other places. The, the, these people poses the greatest threat, and that is what we are going down there to clamp down on them. But we are calling on them also to come out openly, come under the radar of EPA, so we can come to see your facility, regulate, and then advise. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Kind of like choosing Derek Jeter as the pinch hitter for your baseball team. Jeter, you're in. We need a home run. I'll give it a try. I've swung a bat once or twice. That's out of here. 
Yep, even easier than that. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. Uh, maybe technically, uh, then there may be the need to relocate and all others. If you don't do so, and through our monitoring and uh, compliance um, um, rounds, we get hold of you, you'll be treated as causing environmental offense and crime, and that may lead to uh, prosecution and other things. We, and um, I must also say that we do not intend to kill local participation, local cottage industries, not at all. We, we have got to bring them to speed, uh, to uh, guidelines levels where we can regulate them and make sure that we provide them with the technical uh, support that they so require in order to do cleanup production. So as much as we are appealing, we are also uh, uh, sounding uh, a note of caution to these people that uh, they have got to own up, come to EPA openly. You will come and look at what you're doing. If there is a need to prop you up, um, license you, and then bring you under the radar, we will do so. Uh, contrarily, if we need to close you down, we will do so. And uh, we apply the rules. And, uh, yeah. So is there a window you're giving to them or um, they are free to come in at any time? Yeah, they are free to come in at any time, but they don't have the leisure of, uh, <laughs> I mean, they don't have time on their side. We are, we are closing in on them. We are going to come. And I'm talking about the entire nation, um, the most concentrated places in the Ashanti region. And uh, trust me, we will do so within the weeks uh, ahead of us. Uh, and just before we go, the Volta River Authority says this is uh, carrying out a controlled spillage um, on the Volta. Uh, that's the Akosombo and Pont Dams. Uh, statement there by the Volta River Authority indicating that the VR is underca- undertaking some uh, controlled spillage uh, of these two dams, effective September 15, 2022. And according to the uh, Deputy Chief Executive Officer Engineer Edward Obeng Kenzo, the decision to spill uh, follows the observed consistent rise in the level of the um, uh, lake um, due to high inflows. Uh, he added that uh, Volta River Authority, uh, actually the river, the, the high levels uh, on, on the river, and then he added that VRA is fully aware of the heavy rains being experienced across the country, leading to some levels of flooding and high water levels in some communities. He added that uh, for this reason, the Water River Authority is undertaking this controlled spillage to mitigate any adverse impacts. He's also indicating that VRA will continue to monitor the situation and update the public. And don't forget that the mini clinic of uh, the John News Ecobank uh, Habitat Fair is underway within the Tema Metropolis. You need to make your way uh, out there. Lots of um, offers for you in terms of uh, housing uh, issues. So you need to check it out. That's all we have for you in this package of the polls. Log on to myjoyonline.com for more stories. It's a pleasure being with you. See you again. Bye-bye.